0: Hello, I'm Joyce, I'm June and I'm Paula. We're the Cabinet Sisters and we'd like to welcome you to our series of Count Me In podcasts where we continue to shine a light on childhood sexual abuse and its impacts. In today's podcast, we'll be discussing trust. We would
1: have never seen ourselves even relating to trust. We believed when we met somebody, especially somebody who thought knew more than us, but we literally handed ourselves over. So I would have just assumed, I don't have trust issues. Yeah.
0: It was only when we reflected on that, because when we were on the Torberti show and he asked us, I suppose like it'd be very hard to ever trust anybody. And I said, yeah. And as I was saying, I was thinking, God, no, we seem to trust everybody. And I remember responding at the time, yeah, we've managed to do it. But when I went home, I was kind of confused, thinking that didn't even make sense. But the more I thought about it, that wasn't trust. That was handing our life over on a plate. Because um, we were like lost sheep after, after Dad left. Because the role he filled was now blank. And we hadn't got the confidence to fill it. And so anybody we met, we handed our life over in desperation for somebody to take responsibility, to fill that role that he carried in our life. He did actually leave the void, but the reality is that he was the one that got the work. He was the one that did the stuff we couldn't do. When he left, we all stepped up to the plate. We discovered we had the skills to run the organisation. The bit we hadn't got was the bit, the arts. He'd go out and he'd sell himself and off. That was the area we lacked confidence in completely because we were a home. Remember with no self-worth. So when that piece was taken away from us, we couldn't reach that space. Where none of us were happy was to stepping outside of that comfort zone and going outside the house, because that required a whole different set of skills that none of us were capable of at the time. Yeah, and we didn't realize the depth of the problem. We didn't realize the enormity of the damage that had been done to us and what was preventing us from ever tackling that issue. That took years and years. And that's because there's a crossover, which there is in every single impact you have from from abuse. And the crossover there would have been the social anxiety, the complex PTSD. When you bundle them all together and then you add your trust being broken by your main caregiver, which was him, and then another parent who was non-existent emotionally, there was nothing to mirror. There was nobody to learn from. There was no role models around us. I remember
1: when he left, there was a great sense of unity. But we really had no inkling of of what we were doing. Because I do remember even searching
0: for a salesperson because we felt if we just had that, we'd be made. Mm. But it was the ignorance that we were in, the lack of knowledge and understanding. We were like lost sheep, but we were defiant in awe because we were out to prove that we were doing the work anyway. So how could we possibly be lost without him? But at the same time, I would say to
1: you, we didn't understand
0: the damage done, but
1: we also didn't understand we had a need for him. We didn't even understand we missed him. And I'm not talking about that in a nice emotional way. I'm talking about the gap that he left. We didn't recognize it was a gap. All we did was focus on how stupid we were because we trusted people and they were forever letting us down. We didn't even identify that.
0: You cannot live in this world without having a degree of trust. It's like everything else to do with this complex issue. In our instance, he was our main caregiver. So we had an enforced trust. We had no choice but to trust him because there was nobody else. And so we really didn't know what trust was. To even admit to ourselves that we needed him in any way, shape or form, for me, that was very difficult to even entertain the thought that's what I'm saying we were defiant in the middle of it all like we can do this we don't need him but that huge piece that was missing that he took from us by diminishing us daily telling us that we weren't worth anything and we couldn't function without him but it actually went in and a lot deeper than we had any yeah. comprehension it's, it's like you were saying Jim, when we were growing up we were given a
1: set of values no self value and no self worth we were constantly told we were stupid, and we didn't doubt it for a minute because many of the things we did confirmed that on a regular basis. And as you said, when he left, there was a gap. I would have never, and I don't think anyone else would have ever identified that he was the gap. No. Or even acknowledged that you know it was something he did. No. Mm-hmm. And my father, you know, I would have said when we started even uh, writing about it that. I didn't really have a clear understanding of what trust was. And I remember reading up around the trust and they were saying, like, receiving requires some form of vulnerability. And that blew me away because I didn't know that. But I never understood that, um, why I struggled to receive. I just thought, like, you know, if you buy me crap, <laughs> it wasn't relevant. And who knows me and they're not even bothered. I just struggled. Now, I still do. I'm getting slightly better, but um, I didn't realise that by receiving it was some kind of vulnerability. And that's what trust is. So it's really down to our lack of understanding of what trust is, like what love is. We didn't know that either. Yeah,
0: everything. We've had to build ourselves into who we are today. We've had to build love, find it, identify it, what we want it to be in our life, how we want to experience it. And the same with trust, the same with every issue, nurturing. Like, all of the, the love that we never received, you know, the trust, the guidance. Like, when I look at my grandson and I look at my son and his partner, the way they love and care for that child, and I can't wait to see how he's to from now. We got none of that. Yeah. What chance had we got? And still, we're fucking amazing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're here and we survived and there has to be commended
0: but I, don't, I don't know how we did it. Yeah, I, I even know now when I met my husband, I hadn't gone for therapy. We hadn't written a book. I hadn't a clue that I was testing all the time, that I needed constant reassurance, that I was so jealous. I was very tactile. I needed reassurance 24-7. And I tested him to the hilt. Now, I can only tell you that now in hindsight. At the time, I was a mess you know, emotionally, psychologically, but I was tested to see was he trustworthy when I didn't even know what that looked like. It's incredible if a relationship makes it through that period when the victim doesn't even recognize our name, be able to understand well, the emotion. The biggest thing is not about trusting other people, it's about trusting yourself. And when you learn to turn off all your natural instincts because there's nothing you can do to save yourself, there's no way out the big part of that is you don't you stop trusting your own intuition you stop trusting your gut feelings yeah so you naturally lead yourself into dangerous situations what i was looking for was still somebody to save me and somebody to to fix me so i didn't have to do any work but we we didn't even know that we weren't able to trust ourselves yeah Yeah, we were always looking outside externally for the answers for love for comfort To be honest, I didn't know what the question was, so there's no way I was looking for answers. I didn't even know I had an issue. The good news is you attract somebody else in exactly the same mess. They might not have the same history as you, but they'll be in the same level of pain because like attracts like. And you're right about it's not the trust, it's the self-worth issues. And because it, it looks like trust to you because you're trying to test them to see are they good enough for you they can't ever be because you don't think you're good enough. I always hung around with loads of people. I always looked like I had loads of friends because there's safety in numbers because you never get pinned down and you never have to make that commitment. So it allows you to go from one to the other to the other to the other without ever getting deep. All the things you look for when you're grown
1: up, like we always looked for somebody to save us. We believed in fairies and knights and white horses and all that. But of all the things I would have looked for throughout my life, I don't ever remember trust being one of them. I'd say I was really ignorant around trust. I didn't really know what it meant. I had no, no, I had no interest in even discovering what it meant because I didn't see it playing a big part of my life. That's how ignorant I would have been. It's not that long ago when I actually realised trust is so, so important. It's not about investing in others and, and building trust in others. It is about trusting yourself because... That's something we learned when we were very young, that you can't trust yourself because, you know, your instincts, you tell me you're in danger, you need to escape. It was never an option for us.
0: You're right. I wouldn't have thought it. I didn't even know it was an issue. Yeah.
1: you know. And I remember when we decided to write about it, I was saying, like, I struggled. But when
0: I discovered that it was myself I didn't trust, that was a whole other issue. I, I know I had a reputation younger, the garb I could be out in a pub sitting beside a complete stranger, and I would tell them whatever was going on for me in that moment in time, and they'd get a whole dialogue, and there'd be nothing coming back. I would go home and beat myself up for that. What is wrong with me? Why can't I just shut up? Why do I have to hand me life over to complete strangers? And I remember you did a little bit of research there just recently, and you came up with this. Of research where it's been discovered that for victims particularly if they find themselves in close proximity to somebody say for example in the suits or a hairdresser it's just the physical proximity causes you to let your guard down and triggers intimacy you, you mistake proximity for intimacy yeah. and open up yeah. i just thought that was incredible that makes perfect sense but see that's the part that
1: gets me that even now we're still learning things like that yeah, that we didn't know that. Explain our behaviour and our
0: thoughts. Well, I thought that was trust again. I thought, can I just trust everybody? But well, it wasn't nothing no, to do with trust. not no, trust. Well, it was desperation, hoping somebody would help me. I think the one thing when you do start learning to trust yourself a bit and you start moving into that space, it's the realisation that without trust, you leave yourself wide open. You have no boundaries. I put myself in so many really dangerous situations so
1: it is about trusting yourself but i know it's working for me when i'm actually getting better at naming me feel. even when you're trying to examine trust and trust issues you still look
0: outside yourself you're still looking at people around you thinking well um, have i worked on my trust issues do i trust these people around me you don't work at trusting somebody you only work at trusting yourself i remember like a teenager and crying out for somebody to love me a couple of guys did show interest in me. I was absolutely terrified. When I think back on it now, I think like, I was absolutely terrified of any form of commitment. I couldn't let them close. I was like the Virgin Mary now. But it was utter. It was beyond fear now. It was terror.
1: That's the vulnerability. Yeah. And that is trust. And,
0: uh, yeah, I didn't know that. No, no, I didn't. I mean, that's why you set yourself up for a lot of pain. Right. Joyce talks about that vulnerability and receiving. Yeah. That was a major horror for you. So you had to, you were holding on for dear life to your pride or, you know. No, it wasn't a belief that I didn't need anybody. Because was what was on top yeah. of the things you were telling yourself. That wasn't what was underneath, you know. No, because what's underneath is the truth. Prepare
1: yourself in stories because it makes it more palatable and you can live with that story. And you can actually convince yourself that story is true.
0: But we all know that not it's about understanding the, the reason for going back and looking at stuff because mm-hmm. in the back of your mind you know this is not life this yeah. is not i'd soon be dead this is just not white and it escalates yeah it never stays at a manageable level it escalates you can't keep a lid on it Yeah, i think i still need to give a little bit more talk to um that enforced trust he was our main caregiver so you had no choice but to Trust that he was going to be there for you. That's the kind of, of enforced trust I'm talking about. It was very difficult. Yeah. To
1: say it would apply for love. I'm talking about our understanding of love and trust and the normal daily things that people experience. Our experience of love and trust and most things was so fucking warm. And that's why when we're older, trying to understand
0: trust and love It's extremely difficult because our experience... No, but you see, I understand it now. Yeah, I'm still not clear on what it was back there. I know what trust is now for me today. I know what I want. But back there, it was more about survival. Just as a a piece missing for me, I just need to give that a bit more talk um, so I understand it better. How do you actually know that you're getting somewhere when you're trying to work on trust issues.
1: Often, you don't know it so for a while. There's giveaways. Like, if you can name your feelings, if you can stop blaming yourself when other people have up, or if you make a mistake. You don't second-guess yourself or doubt yourself, and we do that all the time. You're not worrying every time you speak up. I mean, I've done it myself in groups and work. I'd ask the most ridiculous question, and you could... Bury me immediately, but at the same time, like, that would have killed me years ago. Now I'd laugh at
0: it. I remember sitting in a meeting, being so envious when I left the meeting that the girls who managed to sit in the meeting and say nothing. I had verbal diarrhoea <laughs> through the whole meeting because I was so uncomfortable in the silence and I was so uncomfortable just sitting there. I would just, I wouldn't even know what I said. That's
1: like a nervous reaction. That's all it is, a nervous reaction. That Like, even being able to identify that that's what it is. We're able to laugh at that. We're also being able to identify triggers. and Then you can actually avoid them.
0: You never are really working on one topic. You're not just working on trust issues. You you know, you're working on your life. And they all kind of come along together. So you can't say, well, I've, I've worked with that now. Let's start with this. It doesn't work like no. that. I know, now. because they're all woven together you manage things you're working on it all the time in the background and you turn around one day have a conversation with somebody and you go oh my god i don't feel like that anymore the decision to heal from childhood sexual abuse places you on the most important journey of your life you're in charge of this journey Only you know what works for you and what doesn't. It takes as long as it takes because there's no rushing it and there's no faking it. You have to feel it. And just as the ripple of pain that you're in goes out and impacts all of those around you, so does the healing. And the more you heal, the more everyone around you benefits from your healing.
1: Thanks for listening. Hopefully some of the information we have shared will resonate with you. This will give you a deeper understanding of yourself, plus allow you to move into a space where you can show compassion to yourself. Please know that no matter how you feel or how you reacted to the abuse, it was normal. We are hopeful and optimistic that those in any position of power to bring about change will be moved into action so we can finally eradicate childhood sexual abuse. So please spread the word and share the information.
0: Thank you. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter or contact us directly on Sisters at gmail.com. You've been listening to the Caverness Sisters Count Me In podcast. We're going to leave you with a quote which you can carry with you throughout your day. There is a saying that goes, how would you eat an elephant? And the answer is one bite at a time. You must look at your healing process in the same way. Recognize all of the small changes that are occurring in your life. You're changing your process of thinking, and the way you feel. Just recognize that all and see your resilience and strength and look forward to a future filled with self-discovery and love.